everybody. I'm Rabbi Shoshana Lees. I'm here with Rabbi Charna Rosenholtz and Rabbi Ben Newman. We have returned for episode two of Four Worlds Torah, a podcast for our times, where we will be digging for treasures in the Torah portion of the week, treasures that matter in our lives and in the world. So welcome back. This week, we are studying the Torah portion known as Noah a.k.a. Noach in Hebrew. And I will be focusing on one concept, which is the concept of safety, sanctuary from the storm. In the Torah story of Noah, there's a great mabul that never, ever happens again, as God has promised. Only this one time will I completely destroy the world because of the corruption that has taken place in it. Now, that's a good thing. However, we can and are, in fact, doing a good job of destroying the world ourselves. That's for another day. For now, I want to point out the idea of sanctuary, safety from the storm. As you know, the ark is built to maintain a safe place for a selection of uh, the animal species and Noah and family. What does that mean for us today? Where do you feel safe? What is sanctuary for you? Where no matter what is happening in your life and in the world, you feel safe. You are safe. Because the promise is that safety is an experience and a reality that is always, always available to humanity. We could argue about that, but that's the promise of this Parsha is that there is a way and there is a place for you to always feel a sense of sanctuary. And I will close my time by saying that uh, according to the Slonimer Rebbe, there are levels of faith because feeling safe requires a sense of trust, right? Or emunah, sometimes translated as faith. It has the idea of amen, right? When we say amen to a blessing, we we affirm it, right? There's a sense of an affirmative experience. Yes to what is. There are levels of faith. And there's one, that fourth level, according to the Sonomer, taught by Rabbi Shefa Gold, a faith, an emunah that penetrates every fiber of your being, where nothing can touch your whole body, feels the protective presence of the divine, or if that concept doesn't work for you, the protective presence of trust, of being okay. And I'd like to now turn it over to Rabbi Ben Newman. Thanks, Rabbi Shoshana Lise. Uh, I would like to talk today, I wanna focus in on Genesis 616. Uh, in Hebrew, it talks about uh, some very specific words that I want to focus in on. First, it's make an opening, a tsohar, in the ark, the teva. The word for ark is teva. The word for opening is tsohar. And this is a commentary I want to uh, present, read from the Baal Shem Tov. He says that the word for teva, which means ark, actually means word. <clears throat> and the meaning of making an opening for the word is that you should be careful 
the Sohar for the Teva, the opening for the word, is that you should be careful to bring light into the words that come from your lips. And the light, in my view, is that means awareness, right? That you should bring awareness to your speech. And then the verse continues, uh, make bottom and second and third floors. And in the comment from the Baal Shem Tov, this is saying that these three floors are three different effects that your speech can have on the world, that your words can have on the world. First, it's on worlds, then souls, then divinities. Now, we can get into the very complex Kabbalistic valences of this, but really what I'd like to focus in on is the idea that our speech is powerful and that what we do with our, what we say with our mouth, we can create worlds, you know, we can create effects in the physical world, meaning we can make uh, things happen in the physical world, but we can also create effects in other levels. We can create effects in the world of the emotion. We can create effects in the worlds of our minds. We can create effects even beyond divinities, what is the way they put it, but in beyond in ways that we might not even conceive that we're having effects through the words that we say. And so that's really what I wanted to, to, to focus in on today with the this uh, portion is that within the storm of everyday life, as Rabbi Shoshana, you said, there is the power of speech, the power of speech to create effects on so many different levels and that we need to bring awareness to our speech. That's what it means to build an ark, right? It, and to bring light into the ark, to bring make an opening into the ark. It's to bring awareness to our speech on all of the different levels that our speech can have an effect. Uh, Rabbi Charna Rosenholtz, over to you. Uh, thank you so much, Rabbi Ben and Rabbi Shoshana. I want to go a little deeper into this, of, into the power of speech, and begin with the teaching by the Ishbitzer. So let's go back to verse six. I mean, chapter six, verse fourteen, where it says, "Make yourself an ark." And ark is spelled tav bait. Hey, and that word shows up here. And the only other time in Torah it shows up is in the basket that Moses was put in that also protected him from water. It's make an ark of gopher wood with compartments covered inside and outside with pitch. And then it goes into the exact dimensions. So I want to talk about the dimensions first. So we don't think this connection to speech is accidental. 300 cubits is the length, 50 cubits is the width, 30 cubits is the height. So if we understand that every Hebrew letter has a numerical value, shin is 300, nun is 50, um, and lamed is 30. So these dimensions, if you look at the shin, nun, lamed, the word actually spells out, look at it, Lamed, uh, Lamed Shin Nud, the same letters that are connected to 30, 50, and 30. These letters spell Lashon. Lashon, which means tongue. In other words, this arc that you're making, an arc which means word, you are creating something dimensionally connected to your tongue, your speech, how you're using your mouth. So let's go back just for a moment to really look at this Ishbitzer teaching where he talks about what the gopher is, gopher wood, 
go fair, the word for the kind of wood it is, is connected to the word gofrit, which means sulfur. And sulfur is a metaphor for rage. So if you're going to be making this, first understand that you're using a material that will help you deal with your rage or your anger. The word for compartment, kinim, is about compartmentalizing thing, or as the Ishpitzer says, learning to have a settled mind. And he connects a settled mind to intoxication, that oftentimes we addict ourselves to substances because our mind isn't settled, and we want to do things to help not deal with all the madness that goes on in our minds. And lastly, the word for pitch, kofair, is connected to kapair, cleansing or atonement. Um, and so in other words, these different um, instructions tell us do not rage, do not become intoxicated, and do not insist on your own rights so much that you hold resentments or push other people away. Let me just close here before we go into discussion by saying that within this sense of human behavior, as God is about to do what I call taking a mulligan or doing a reboot into humanity, because this is the 10th generation uh, from, from, from Adam, that it's like, okay, this time I'm giving instructions about your anger, your use of substances, the, the, and, and how important your speech actually is. And I'm going to embed those directions deep in the text. Mm. Thank you, both of you. I'm reminded of what Rabbi Ben said last week about avoiding our negative emotions um, as a way of, you know, bypassing the now, the here, the earthly realm. Remember, we talked about that in terms of the lower waters being the portal to a transcendent realm that's actually only healthfully available if it's, if we're solidly rooted in the earthly. So that this sort of feels like a, sec a, a stage two of like how to be an effective human that's grounded in reality and not avoiding it as we build the world together. You know, these are like archetypal, like original story. This is another one of our creation stories here. Um, right. It's a recreation. Right. It's a recreation or recalibration. What happens when you realize, oops, I got it wrong. What principles can I settle or rest into in order to build and grow and evolve? Yeah, I'm, I'm also reminded of um, there is a commentary that I was reading from Menachem Nachum of Chernobyl on my podcast. Uh, and he talks about the idea of that violence was on, on the earth uh, as um, that people were consuming in a way that wasn't healthy. That they, that, and he talks about bringing awareness to our consumption and to our eating. Um, and so I think it's also within the same realm of what you're talking about there. And then how Noah didn't, uh, didn't get the memo because what does he do? as soon as what's his first action after after the flood well i i'm i think and he gets drunk i let's yeah. just stop there. listen so thanks for bringing that up because one of the things that we talk about here that we hope to talk about in four worlds torah is how impulses to do less than perfect behavior will come up 
And how do you deal with that? What happens when you know what you're supposed to do and you do something that throws you off the mark? How do you come back to perfecting without going into shame? Um, how do we, Reb Shoshana, you talk about a sanctuary here. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Uh, but before I mentioned sanctuary, I think there's a blessing in um, what I learned at Landmark Education is declaring a breakdown, you know, like, I'm going to wipe it all out and start over, right? Just saying like, this isn't working. It's like an intervention into the reality that, you know, whatever it is, a family, a community, like, you know, we got to talk, we got to shift things. And, and, and it's a blessing to just say, like, let's declare a breakdown. Um, I, don't know. I, don't, I don't like that break word breakdown. Through. Speaking of yeah. the, the power of language, you know, the, oh, the okay. connotation of, of breakdown to me is, is sort of judgmental and, um, and oh. critical, right? That, that, uh, I might say, let's declare a do-over. I like the word co-fair, uh, 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 co that, that you said, uh, Rabbi Charna. Uh, what was his interpretation of co-fair? That it is, um, that, that that pitch is, um, it's connected to atonement, to cleansing. Cleansing. I like and that. Yeah. Cleansing, which brings us to a place of, mm. you know, because if, if what we're talking about is insisting on your own rights or in other words, what about me? It's that sense of saying, no, get out of that. Open your heart to the other. Yeah. I mean, there's this idea also in Landmark uh, and not to like bring up Landmark too much, but uh, this idea of of cleaning up your word, right? If you give your word to something and then and that you're not and you don't do what you said you're going to do, you have to clean it up, right? Beautiful, beautiful. Okay. So I, I want to just share that um, that that this this sense of breakdown. I want to just give a slightly different view of it. This mm -hmm. sense of that it's like let's let's think of the snake because the snake can be seen as a positive metaphor. The snake learns to shed its skin in order to renew itself. So a breakdown isn't so much like breaking down, but it's a sense of allowing something to die for the sake of transformation. And I think if we can do that, we can find that pulse of mm. growing and avoid shame because shame is never going to help us evolve. It's gonna shut us down. Remember you um, in your tour study on Monday, we're referencing different things. Ben's podcast is the Shummer Project. Um, Reb Charna teaches Torah study on Mondays. You know, they're great ways to continue if you're into this stuff. Um, but you talked, I think there about, actually, I don't know if it was then, but the waters like contracting and expanding. And remember, I keep feeling like these lower waters are rising right to meet the upper waters, which are falling. And that's what the Mabul is. That's what this flood is. It's a washing cleansing, purifying. Um, and I'll just close with the sanctuary idea that I've realized that the sanctuary isn't just about, you know, silence. Cheshvan, the month we're in now, Chodesh Tov, uh, is it who taught the, the, about the Cheshvan? Ben, just quickly say. Oh, uh, Joey Rosenfeld, Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld. That it, that it has- In, in his podcast, uh, Inward, which is a, also a great podcast. <laughs> That the idea that Cheshvan, the month we're in now with no holidays, fewer words, it's a time for quiet, going inwards and reflection. 
it's also a time for enough words. Let's get to work. So on Sunday, I spent the day in the garden digging in the earth and it was so good to just do, just act. Um, so there are two ways to look at, you know, taking a space from, from the words and sanctuary is available, I would say through, through action, right? Get, get organized, get in action as a way of accessing that sense of safety. And I'm done. <laughs> Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk next week. Right. Thank you, Rev Charna. Thank you, Rabbi Ben. Take care. Bye.